Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. Like, you hit somebody on the butt right now. You're not giving them corona through their butt. This is the Press Box. Shove it in. With Grady and Bischoff. Set up with a bottle of ranch dressing, and he just starts screaming, get it all over my face. On ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Not in the studio today. It's Ed and Tyler out at the Shriners Children's Open. Out of here at TPC Summerlin. Top of the hill. Come see us. We're at the top of the hill in this huge white tent. Are they giving or are they auctioning off all this stuff? I don't know. We're supposed to give away our (laughs) t-shirts. We've got got t-shirts. Meanwhile, we're surrounded by signed Larry Bird and Michael Jordan and Tom Brady stuff. My guess is that's a silent auction, and we're not going to go home with any of those. Don't worry. We've got the ESPN Las Vegas t-shirts. We've got t-shirts with aces on them uh, and some kind of what appears to be a A magnet calendar. A a kitchen magnet. Oh, look at that. Look at that. come to the top of the hill. You might get a Michael Jordan signed jersey, or you can get a (laughs) magnet for your fridge from us. I'm going to guess that you and I are not leaving here with one of those huge pictures under our arms. I mean, how fast can you run? (laughs) (laughs) We might draw attention as we're running through the crowds holding a Larry Bird signed jersey in a uh, a large glass. Are we defrauding charities? Just walk with confidence and they won't know. Jared, you should see all this stuff out here. It's got to be a silent auction. It's nice stuff. You got Bird, you got Magic, you got Jordan. They have more stuff than they have table space to display it. You got Kobe. This is nice. Yeah, here we go. The first bite. Was Broncos Colts the worst game ever played? Man, I know you've got two or three or four TVs. I've only got the one in the uh, living room. (laughs) And I was literally back and forth between this and the cave. The oh the dark oh my the dark ice rink in Utah. What are they doing in Salt Lake City (laughs) with that weird place? That was strange. But no, I, I watched enough of this to say it it ranks up there from what I've seen. I don't know about you. I don't I don't know if the worst because there's been a lot of football over right. the years. Twelve to nine in overtime with no touchdowns, and it's it's magnified by it being a primetime game, right? There was the the Bills lost to the Jags last year with with no touchdown scored, but that game wasn't in primetime, so not everybody was glued to their TVs watching it. Given that it was in primetime, it magnifies it. But that that was really Brutal. really bad, and. I think to me the the biggest takeaway because we've yelled about Nathaniel Hackett a lot this year and how bad he's deservedly been. so by the way. Last night I don't think it's because I of think him. It was more Russell. Wilson. I mean I'm sure there's some game planning or whatever some schemes that he could have been better at that could have gotten them a few more points, but Russell Wilson was brutal. And the two biggest plays of the game, he missed touchdown passes. At the end of regulation, when they had third down and he throws the interception in the end zone, that receiver was open. He threw it behind threw him it behind and him threw and it, got it the pick. probably a second late. If he throws it a second earlier and puts it in front of his receiver, that's a touchdown pass and the Broncos win the game. And then the last play, missed the open KJ Hamler's wide open. Wide open I mean, not, not even close. And somebody, I can't remember who from Pro Football Focus, tweeted out that uh, the, the Colts were in man-to-man with a single high safety. Mm-hmm. And... That side of the field, the Broncos ran a, a route combination specifically to beat man-to-man coverage. They ran a rub route, which is specific to beat man-to-man coverage. It's basically a pick-and-roll in basketball. Right, and he runs the slant, and, and he's wide open. And Russell Wilson doesn't even doesn't even look right. at it. And if he looks at it, it's an easy – I mean, the shot of K.J. Hamler slamming oh, his helmet. throwing the helmet down like, and then five times. Yeah, because he knows, he, and he said it afterwards, I could have walked in. He, right. he did walk in. It's 
unreal how you can give up five draft picks, for two first and two seconds plus an extra draft pick, give Russell Wilson $161 million, and then they haven't scored over 16 points in a game. How about the pick off the back foot? Oh, yeah, just the just arm punch. chucking yeah. it up. Like, that was atrocious. Like, if, if they – if Russell Wilson didn't have the contract he had slash they hadn't traded all the stuff right. for him, we'd be talking about, like, should that guy be benched? Like, Mitch Trubisky right. got benched for less than that. Mitch Trubisky has been better this year than Russell Wilson, and that guy got benched for a rookie who came in and threw a pick on his first pass. That was, like – as much as Nathaniel Hackett has deserved it, I don't think last night was about Nathaniel Hackett. Last night was about Russell Wilson. Is he done? Because that was awful. That was absolutely atrocious. And listen, we could probably have the same conversation about Matt Ryan. Because I was going to say, Russell Wilson was so bad, it took away from <laughs> that Matt Ryan wasn't very good. And the Colts are in a similar situation as the, the Broncos, where they went out and they got the veteran quarterback that they thought was going to put a – good defensive team over the top and the Colts Matt Ryan's been awful too and the Colts have been bad now they are the only ones that kicked the field goal in, in overtime so they won the game and the Colts what was it they gave up a third round pick for Matt Ryan mm-hmm. they didn't give up five total draft picks and give him a five-year deal with 161 guaranteed so they're um, in a little bit less of a hole if they want to make a change but Matt Ryan's not any good either I mean the other part is if you're the Raiders you're watching those are two teams you're supposed yeah. to be competing with for a playoff spot you're, you're better than both of those teams. I think Russell thinks he's better than his because he ended his press conference with Bronco oh Nation. God. Let's ride. Is, Let's ride. Right off into the sunset. Does he know he's delusional? I don't know. They There was a tweet from a writer. You probably saw it. 40 minutes after the game, he was still sitting full uniform in his oh. locker whispering to Hackett. Like, oh like Hackett. And, which, sorry, you know where I'm going <laughs> to go with this. If I'm on deadline, I'm really pissed off at that. I'm like, hey, man. Let's go. Let's go. You stunk. Come in and say it. He went to Instead overtime in Matthewson. Yeah, he goes to overtime be, to begin with, and now he's sitting in his locker for 40 minutes, and now all we get is Bronco Nation, let's ride. We talk a lot about coaches lo- like losing locker rooms and all that. Did Russell Wilson lose his Maybe. teammates? Like, he's all Mr. Motivate. He's all you're, you and Lindsay and your, your damn sayings that you put on the wall with all hard the work, t-shirts, talent. Lindsay on yeah, the T-shirts. Yeah. All that crap. That's Russell Wilson. That's what he like. I'm sure he says that all the time. He walks into the huddle, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. It's probably <laughs> what, one what of their if he play calls. Said that. Oh, you know he does. <laughs> that would be great. He ended the and press after, conference with "Let's, let's ride. ride." Afterwards, they say, "Hey, you know, Russell tells us every day hard work beats talent." <laughs> I would think he'd become my favorite player, even no, though he stinks and he worst. should be retired by now. He'd be the worst. <laughs> oh, he'd be great because if. It, I, I can almost guarantee he's walking around saying that. That We played the audio two weeks ago of him sitting on the bench yelling at his teammates, let him know, runner pass, because they needed the sideline to yell runner pass to the defense. Like you, they, That's like something from Pop Warner. Like Yeah, and, and here's the thing. If Russell Wilson was good and the offense was putting up 30 points, you'd be like, all right, that guy's weird, but at least we're scoring and winning. at least they're scoring. You can't put up nine points and be the guy that walks up to Melvin Gordon is like, hey, man, hard work beats talent when talent, <laughs> talent doesn't, doesn't work. work hard. Melvin Gordon should punch him in the face like Draymond <laughs> Green did. So I'll get to yeah. that. So I just I, – the problem the Broncos have, though, is if Russell Wilson is truly done, there's not a whole lot they can do, right? It's a yeah. five-year deal. It's 161 guaranteed. guaranteed. It's like three or three and a half years of that effectively is guaranteed. It's not the Derek Carr situation right. where you can get out of it after a year. Even if from, from this point forward in the rest of the regular season, even if Nathaniel Hackett looks like a competent head coach, 
he's getting fired. Because oh, did you see John Elway in the booth? I'm no, surprised he, he losing didn't go his down. Just, I, he, he, the look on his face was, can I go down and do it now? Can I go down in the middle of the game? Although, like you said, it was more Russell Wilson last night. So maybe that right. face was about, oh, my God, I gave this one guy 161 right. guarantee. But the problem for the Broncos is even if Hackett's like, even if he's a competent or good head coach the rest of the year, if Russell Wilson is this bad, you can't really do anything with Russell Wilson because of his contract and because he counts no, against yeah, the salary exactly. cap. Head coaches he's don't. He's the quarterback. You can fire a head coach and buy out their contract whenever you want. So if this continues – Hackett's gone regardless of what he does the rest of the season, right? Obviously, he's been bad to start the year, but he could be a great head coach the rest of the year, and if Russell Wilson's going to be this, if Russell Wilson's going to throw late, throw arm punts, miss wide-open receivers, like, Hackett's going to be gone just because, as an organization, that's the easier thing to do. It was so bad, Al Michaels, at one point, they showed the owner's box (laughs) of the new owners, disgusted, and, and had to say, well, now they didn't hire him. And this is like, and it was so bad. Tony Gonzalez afterwards. I've never heard, I've never heard like uh, uh, Tony Gonzalez um, and those guys rip Russell Wilson and another player as badly as they did. I mean, you have to be for former players, Hall of Famers, to rip another Hall of Famer to that level. Uh, that was amazing. I mean, Fitz tried to bring it back and tried to you know say, well, he's lost his confidence. Those other guys were just absolutely torching Russell Wilson. You don't see that a lot. Yeah. Um, did you see the local news channel in Denver? And I don't remember which one. But w- So Thursday night games that are on Amazon Prime, whichever local uh, region, they actually get to put it on real TV. So it was on whatever, Channel 8 or something in Denver. In Denver. The uh, two guys that came on live from the stadium afterwards, like sincerely apologized to their <laughs> viewers. They were, they were like – we are sorry that that was that you watched that over our airwaves. Like they apologized to their viewers for that football game last night. What around here would they apologize for? <sighs> not much. No, not much nowadays. Yeah. We're t- we're a winning city. A winning, winning city. Yeah, the we'll Aces. See. I'm looking at their T-shirts right now. There's one the team champion. that's winning in this city. I don't know about the rest of them. You know football? Hey, there's two teams winning <laughs> in this city. You're good. You're right. You know you're right. Football. There's two teams winning in this city. Do you blame Broncos fans that left the game before overtime started? No, I don't blame them. I don't think I do I don't either. either. I don't blame them. They're I mean, rushing for the exits. <laughs> I, I personally would have would not have left. No, you wouldn't like, have left. I would have stuck around yeah. and, and endured the horribleness that right. was overtime. But I don't think I blame people for on a Thursday night right. watching four quarters of that of and that. being like, no, I'm not doing a fifth quarter of this. Right. That's, that's plenty. I've had enough. Win or lose, I'm not. Because here's the thing. If you're a Broncos fan, if you win last night, like if they win twelve to nine in overtime, that you're not walking away very happy. Oh, like you mean the people who actually stayed? Well, no, just and if you were, booed if, the entire time. But yeah, but even no. if the Broncos had won, no, you're walking away saying that was a crap game. Right. And hey, we won the game, but that was a crap yeah. Game. We're three and two, but we might lose the rest of our games right. the rest of the season. Right. So I don't really blame them so much for leaving. My so my cousin lives in Denver, and they go to Broncos games, and her husband uh, posted on Facebook in the middle of the game. They're, they were winning in the middle of the game for sale, lightly used Russell Wilson jersey. Like, like in the middle of the game, while they're winning, they're like, oh, yeah, we're done with this. We can't, we can't handle Russell Wilson anymore. Already? Yeah. Oh, they're, they're done. It, 
They've been no, awful. I know. He's, like, he's, they've been awful. He's been horrible. But the, the, the jersey's leaving him already? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. Sell it away to somebody else. Or how who much will you get it. for that after yeah. last night? You have to Not pay much. somebody for it. <laughs> exactly. If there, I wish there was a Russell Wilson here to be auctioned off. I'd now, that to. we could take. <laughs> we could. We don't even have to run. We could have that under our arms leaving and say, okay, thanks for having us here. We can trade our ESP of Las Vegas shirt for it. We'll be good to go. So that was atrocious. And here's the bad part. If the Raiders were to upset the Chiefs, they would only have the same record as Denver. Yeah. Like, as bad as Denver is, the Raiders have to upset Kansas City just to, be to have the same record. Denver. Most likely, after this week, the Raiders are still going to have a worse record than the Denver Broncos. And that looks like a terrible football yeah. team. But I'm still going to tell you, I've been doing it all, the, all week, like for three weeks now. Denver's still going to win, like, eight games. They're still really. They're uh, granted their defense lost like seventeen players last night, but like their defense is so good that they've been in every game and they have they yeah. can't. I mean they scored sixteen against the Raiders, but they can't break sixteen points. Like they can't do it. But their defense How they has been get so to good. They'll, they they've won a couple of games like by one point, and hell they almost did it last night. If Russell Wilson just sees KJ Hamler. They win last night too. So I I think their their schedule's not terribly difficult. I don't think it's Jags and Saints and somebody else that's not very good. Around what the, the Raiders have. Yeah, it's not very, it's, I think it might even be easier than what the Raiders have coming up after the bye. So it, somehow they're going to, somehow we're going to be talking in December about the Broncos and if they have a chance to go to the postseason despite how bad they actually look. Alright, coming up next we'll jump into some Golden Knights because hey they won another preseason game. Kings regroup, power play time at 1.15. Kempe on the left, to the right side. Fiala shooting save. This time, Thompson secures it up near his collar to his left. He's got to take that helmet off. You're sitting in the press box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter, at Ed Grady and Bischoff underscore Tyler. The Golden Knights beat the Kings last night, 6-4 to four in the preseason. Yeah, so they played this game in Salt Lake at where the Utah Jazz play. Is that arena not built <laughs> for hockey? Know. Because, first off, it was extremely dark. And here's the thing. when It's dark, it's like rain on TV. When it's pouring rain, TV is so good technically now, you barely see it unless they want you to see it, and then they see it like sh- showers coming down. You're like, wow, that's amazing. That's a lot of rain. Same thing with dark. This thing must have been, if it's that dark on our televisions, I'm serious, this thing must have been a cave. So it was dark for some reason. On the broadcast, you couldn't see one of the corners because there was some weird stage type thing that was set up in a corner. So you couldn't, on the broadcast, you couldn't see one of the corners. And then, did you see in the intermission when they would have Ashley Vice, uh, and Gary Lawless on TV during an intermission? Their, the camera angle was on top of them. Was looking like at look, their heads? Yeah, basically, it was like looking down. They had to like crane their neck, look straight up at it. Like What a disaster for Salt Lake City. And it's like... It'll be better in Boise. Like, the, the, there's a professional team that plays in this arena. No, it's not <laughs> hockey, but it's basketball. Did, well, they, did they not build that arena to do hockey? Apparently not. Like, now, would it be the first the time jazz. we get put in a locker room that was meant to be a basketball uh, bathroom? Yeah, you've probably been in a few <laughs> oh, of those. Oh, trust me. Yes, you've been in a few of those. Uh-huh. Hey, let me ask you something. Is this the emergence of uh, Riley Smith? I know last year he's hurt. You know, he gets the 16 goals and the 38 points, only plays 56 games mm-hmm. uh, the year before 53 for obvious reasons. Um, 
is this line going to be the the emergence of Riley Smith again? I mean, it, it certainly sets him up to be. I think that he has been tasked with so much responsibility over the last few seasons, and I think it was maybe two years ago, right before like the bubble happened, that he was on a scoring tear. And just yeah. the way that he plays the game, how responsible he is as a two-way forward, like I said, that added responsibility, that's going to take away from your offensive output. Now, I'm not exactly saying that the responsibilities are being taken care of by Phil Kessel and Jack Eichel, but they spend a lot of time in the offensive zone. And so it's easy to kind of uh, pick up some points here and there, some really good looks. And uh, he has shown his ability to execute. Well, you know, Riley Smith blew a streak last year. What is that? Going mean? back to his first, uh, his first full year in the NHL, this was his goal totals by year 20, 13, 25, 15, 22, 19, 27, 14. He scored 20 every other year. And then last year, he's supposed to score 20, only he scored hurt. 16. Yeah. Blew it. So I don't know if that means he's going for 20-plus again this year or if he reverts back to under 20. But that's – I don't want to hear about this uh, playing with Jack Eichel or anything. It's all about the streak here. That's what's important. Well, it's all the momentum he's built up uh, oh, throughout Jesus. his career. Uh, <laughs> talent Riley, doesn't – Riley Smith is the example of talent or that motivation is Absolutely irrelevant. Absolutely he is. Uh, he's the consummate, the guy that just keeps improving and getting better and better. Even though he's not the flashiest player, he's always going to do the right thing. And that's a guy you want on the team, and that's a guy you usually have a letter on the jersey for. We'll see. We'll see about that. Um, I am I am curious. So we saw last night uh, Bruce Cassidy mix up the lines, which wasn't a surprise. I think he said something about it beforehand that he would consider doing it. And he moved Brett Howden up to play with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. And what that meant was Jonathan Marcheseau was dropped down to the third line with William Carlson and Michael Amadio. And the part to me that's interesting is not – it's a preseason game, not that the coach is experimenting, mm -hmm. but that the first experiment we see is putting Brett Howden with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. And if we go back at any point, hell, before yesterday, I don't know that anybody would be like, oh, yeah, Brett Howden. That's what they're going to do. Right. <laughs> if, right. If you're trying to mix things up, right. Brett Howden in the top six is going to be a good thing for the Golden right. Knights. we got to get the top six out of our mindset, though, guys, because you got to look at just, like, hockey construction and how lines usually are, are put together. You want to have a finisher, you want to have a playmaker, and you want to have a grinder. Like, Brett Howden is the definition of a bull in China shop. Like, he is going to be on you in the forecheck, and he can create that physical disruption that the rest of that line can take advantage of and create a lot more space. And you want Chandler Stevenson to have space. You want Mark Stone to have space to uh, highlight the the special packages that they do in their skill set. I love to see that, and we already know about Jonathan Marchessault and the tangible chemistry that he has with William Carlson. So it's good to have those guys' uh, ability to take the elevator up and down the lineup. Is Brett Howden the worst teammate Mark Stone's ever been on a line with? No. He used to play in Ottawa, let's be honest. Uh, in Vegas. Yeah, sorry. Yes, you in are Vegas. correct. In Vegas. I know. I think he played with Cody Eakin, so the answer is probably no. I think it's probably That's Cody shameful. Eakin. That's shameful. He's a hell of a hockey player with a great mullet. I think no, no, he is not a hell of a hockey player. I think Cody Eakin got cut yesterday. Did he get cut? He did not get cut. I think he got did cut. Did he really? I'm it, a, you got to check that. It's something about happened, time. Something happened with somebody should get an expert on this. Hold oh, on. he was only on a he was only on a tryout. Right, yeah, he got right. released. He got released. About time. I can't believe they somebody traded for him from Vegas. He was atrocious here. I, I can't. What was yeah, my he, stat? He went up to Winnipeg. Um, yeah, and you had then... a lot of them on Cody. Yeah, yeah. I think the best one it was he Oscar played, Lindbergh. Yes, <laughs> he played at least a hundred minutes at five on five with I think it was twenty four teammates. 
and every single teammate had a better expected goals rate when they played away from Cody away Eakin from versus Cody when they played with right. him. And 23 of the 24 had a better Corsi when they played away. Oh, the Corsi. only one that didn't was Oscar Was Lindbergh. Oscar Lindbergh. So basically when Eakin was on the ice, no matter who he played with, he made them worse. Is this the end of him? Or per Sportsnet, the Canadians confirm that Cody Eakin and Sony Milano released from professional tryouts yeah. from the Calgary Flames. So that's a, that's a hell of a lineup they got built up there, so... He He'll land with somebody. He's got a couple more years to kick the tires on some crappy really? hockey teams, make a couple more bucks. Yeah. Where? In Sweden? I mean, he was in Buffalo last year. So, I mean, there's that. He scored four <laughs> goals in 69 games in Buffalo. Wow. That's he some shot, output, guys. <laughs> he shot. He had 74 shots on. That's five. It's a 5% shooting percentage. It's not the percentage. worst percentage I've seen. I can't skate backwards, and I think I might score four oh, goals. Oh, we can fix that for you, shots. Tyler. We can we get some lessons. There's some more content on the docket there. I can skate forwards. Oh my god, I need to get you guys on skates. Oh my this god, guy. Oh, no, 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 no. This guy. All right, let who, me watch. Let me watch. <laughs> no, you're on the skates too, Jared. Who wants oh, to take a guess as to how many goals Cody Eakin has scored in the last three seasons? And he's been on an NHL team every single one. How of many have last year? Four. He had four last year. Nine. Uh, 13. 13. Jared, did you say nine? Nine. Mateo's here saying 10. Uh, the correct answer is 12. Oh, oh. I was going to go 11. Double digits. Look at him. And by the way, four of those were with the Golden Knights. Oh. <laughs> Let's just say things have uh, changed since he left this lineup. Maybe he's the key we sent away. No, oh, yeah. Was <laughs> he the one saying the Russell true. Wilson motivational? Perhaps, was he, maybe. He was giving all the motivational him content. And Gre- him and uh, John Merrill's mullets were inspirational, guys. Let's like roll. You can't deny it. John Merrill was actually useful. Yeah, he was great at forward. <laughs> I think he scored a goal. He was better than Cody Eakin. If, that guy, if John Merrill would play all his games at forward, he'd score more than Cody Eakin. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. All right. So the Golden Knights last night, they won a game. They gave up four goals again, though. Well, I think they gave up five. They did give up. You're, you they are absolutely right. They did give up five. For some reason, there wasn't replay. <laughs> Very, so, okay. well, why would there be replay in that place? <laughs> That's a good point. I guess, okay, I can understand not having replay for a preseason game because it doesn't matter. But why was there a stoppage for like five minutes for the way they looked like they were replaying they, it? Well, and they were, they were all celebrating. Yeah. It was a goal. Because it clearly was a goal but like what what were the refs doing if they didn't have replay why were they hanging out for like five minutes to figure out oh we don't have replay review and then the golden knights go right down yeah and even if you don't have it if everybody can look up at the video board and realize it was the wrong call don't you just sort of say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they're just going it. through the motions like russell wilson who's going through his pregame when he was still hurt and he was talking to nobody on the field it works <laughs> It doesn't work for Russell Wilson. Hey, go Bronco last night. Go Bronco Nation. Let's ride. <laughs> Let's, Let's ride. ride. Broncos Let's country. Ride. Oh, Not Broncos, Broncos country. country. Broncos Which, country. Let's ride. Oh, I should ask a Broncos. He's got was a four-wheeler a, to take home. Was that a real thing? Let's it's, ride? No, no, the Broncos country. Hasn't it always been Broncos Nation? I was feel it, like they would Mateo's want a country branding. telling me it's Broncos. It was Broncos country ahead of time. Okay. All right. I'll believe Mateo, who's sitting here telling Mateo's me. Mateo's saying country. We're okay. going to go with that. I thought it was always Broncos Nation, but I guess it's Raiders Nation, and you don't want to steal from them, or they'll try to beat oh, you up same, or something. Oh, same division? Yeah, yeah that would be, be fun. Good. All right, coming up next, Ben Brown joins the show. I think there's a lot of bad football from what I watch. You know, <laughs> I watch a lot of bad football, a lot of poor quality of football. That's what I see. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Few minutes. Somebody's gonna have a chance to win five hundred dollars thanks to Dollar Loan Center. It's Friday Football Frenzy. We're gonna give you three NFL games, and all you gotta do is pick three winners. 
and you will get $500. Nobody's done it yet this season. But joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Ben Brown. Good morning, Ben. How hey, are ben. you? Hey, guys. I'm doing, I'm doing uh, about as well as expected, I would say. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're good. Um, <laughs> are you doing as well as expected because you watched that game last night? I mean, I started off the entire thing, of course. So it was, uh, it was a privilege, to say the least, I would say. Uh, do you believe Russell Wilson's done as a good quarterback? Um, I would say that I think completely burying him right now is probably uh, a, a little bit too much. Obviously, he's not playing good football right now, but um, I do think, you know, league-wide, uh, it, it does seem like, you know, specifically quarterback play is down considerably. I think that obviously impacts offenses in general. Uh, there obviously, you know, maybe needs to be a shift in the offensive philosophy in order to kind of get back to where we were, but I, I think, at least from Russell Wilson's perspective, he definitely, you know, people want to say he looks washed or whatever. I would say from like a physical standpoint, he doesn't look that bad. It, it more just seems to be, you know, his processing speed actually being able to be accurate on some of those throws. And I do think from like a mechanics perspective and from a scheme perspective, hopefully some of those things can be uh, fixed. So I would say uh, I think there is still some maybe decent football left in Russell Wilson. We'll see if they can actually bring it out of him or not. So. Uh, if you are looking at the Colts or the Broncos, if you were betting on one right now to make the playoffs, which one would it be? Uh, I would honestly probably still lean in the Broncos' direction. I think defensively, um, they are still really strong. I know losing Randy Gregory obviously impacts their you know pass rush situation, but uh, they had guys step up yesterday and kind of fill in those gaps. And I do think you know their secondary is one of the best units in the NFL. Uh, they do still have some playmakers, I would say, at you know pass catching type positions. So if they can figure out this whole Russell Wilson funk funk type thing, uh, I, I think they can at least you know, get back to the point where they could be mentioned in some sort of playoff discussion when it's all said and done. So I would take I would take the Broncos. I still think they are, uh, you know, a little bit better than the Colts even after losing that game last night. How much do you stock in uh, the new quarterback in Pittsburgh uh, this week? Uh, Buffalo's laying eight. Um, right off the top, that seems like a low number. Is that silly to say? Yeah, I mean, so we have um, – I, you know, so we have the spread basically, you know, minus 14 in Buffalo's direction right now. So I think that is, you know, pretty drastic difference based on where these two teams are at. I still think Buffalo is, you know, the best team in the NFL. But um, I, I do think that, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett is going to be an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky in this offense. Has been a guy that was really accurate in his senior season at Pittsburgh, something that Trubisky wasn't whatsoever. And I do still think he brings some of that you know, upside-type rushing element that Trubisky also provided. So I, I think they are definitely a better team uh, better team than what they are with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. I think, you know, 14 points is a little bit, you know, too much from a spread perspective. So I do think that uh, if you are betting this game, uh, I, I guess I would be, probably be taking the, the rookie signal caller in this match. But, you know, two, two touchdown underdog right now. Uh, I want to ask you a couple of Raiders questions. First off, if you were betting on Josh Jacobs' props, would you believe he's going to get the same workload he got last week? Or maybe not 28 carries, but would you believe he's going to get the same you know, percentage of touches out of that backfield the rest of the season? Or do you think there would be sort of a, a turn to you know, give Zamir White or Brandon Bolden or Mir Abdullah a few more touches? 
Yeah, I think they're going to continue to ride uh, Josh Jacobs as best you can. I know you talked, you know, talked about both like the volume and then kind of like the rate based stats. I definitely think he's going to probably sit, uh, you know, close to where he was at in week five. I think it was basically he had, uh, what was it like, um, you know, 80% of the rushing attempts. He's kind of been at that level throughout uh, the entire 2022 season. I think week one, he was at like 77%, week two, 87%. Um, I know he missed the game in there um, as well, but like, wait, he didn't actually miss the game. He was questionable. No. He went 76.5% yeah. of week three, and then yeah, 80% again in week four. Um, I think he's going to kind of stay in that 75 to 80% range. I know they want to, you know, they drafted guys to potentially get uh, a little bit more involved, but like Zamir White, you know, hasn't really had, he had, you know, two rush attempts last week. So I, I think given how productive they've been with Josh Jacobs running the football, you know, I don't mind seeing him getting, you know, 75 to 80% of the rushing attempts. I think that's going to continue on uh, for as long as they can handle it. Ed, do we know, has Max Crosby's wife had her, had her baby yet? Uh, when that happens, Twitter will okay. absolutely so, explode. Uh, Max Crosby's <laughs> wife, I don't know if you know this, Ben, Max Crosby's wife is supposed to be giving birth this week. I actually think yesterday was okay. the due date. Um, if Max Crosby missed Monday night against Kansas City because his child was being born, uh, what you, I know you guys have a number for every player. What's the number on Max Crosby against the spread? Yeah, he's one of, he's one of the highest, you know, edge defenders that we have in IQB worth, you know, like 0.8 basically points to the spread. So it would definitely impact things. Um, I, I could see, you know, that kind of being the reason why the number moves, you know, off of seven, up to seven and a half for the Kansas City Chiefs as well. So I think it's, you know, uh, pretty impactful. We try and, you know, label these numbers with like a spread emphasis, but, um, you know, there's very different movement based on where the spread actually sits on. So I think, you know, seven being a really key number, moving off that at all uh, is a pretty big swing in the Chiefs' direction. I do think, you know, Max Crosby, you know, given what he's provided to uh, the Raiders' pass rush, uh, it, it is definitely worth that. So I would expect that, and I do think it's something that, you know, the, the betting market is not pricing in, you know, any expectation that he would be missing this game right now. Tyler's okay with him missing a regular season game, but not a playoff game. Comment? <laughs> I mean, we got to make the playoffs, I think, is the, <laughs> exactly. the, the question. That's, so. that's the best point, actually. Yeah, you better make it. Um, I know, Ben, you have uh, – I talked to you last week about the wins above replacement loss due to injury that you guys have had, and you tweeted out uh, a couple more charts this week. What's been your biggest takeaway for individual teams? Like, is there anybody that you think is better or worse than they've looked simply because they've been extremely healthy or they've been uh, extremely beat up? Yeah, I think, you know, a big reason why we've seen, you know, so much early season success for Jacksonville has been their injury situation, basically the best in the NFL. I do think they, you know, if they experience a little bit of turmoil, it's going to be really interesting to see how they respond if they are, you know, and it obviously depends on where it happens and what position of what player and those sorts of things. But working through that is something that they have not had to experience yet. Uh, I do still think they are very much in the playoff contention and very much could win the AFC South, but I think, you know, when they, you know, inevitably do hit a couple of those speed bumps, how they react is going to determine, I would say, how good they actually are. So that's one that I'm definitely watching. Uh, I think, you know, from like the Cowboys and 49ers perspective, have weathered, uh, you know, pretty well, uh, pretty drastic injury type situations. And I think that, you know, overall, um, you know, especially the 49ers, they were a team that I was lower on heading into the season, but kind of what they've been able to do, especially without Trent Williams in the fold, really productive offensively 
Um, I think they're a dangerous team in the NFC, and I do think that they you know, kind of have the pieces in place once again uh, if they get everybody back and healthy uh, to make another run and potentially could be you know, the representative for the NFC in the Super Bowl when it's all said and done. How are the Chargers in that sense? And is it? A, I know they won last week, but is it more of a stay away because he might have broken ribs the entire year? I think you know. Uh, I think he, sh- you know, Justin Herbert specifically showed enough. I would say to kind of be like you know he's he's. I think the question is going to be can he manage the pain? And, and the first week that he was out there, he did not look right. I would say he made you know a few throws uh, last week to the point where you it, it did seem like he was at least more comfortable uh, and kind of working through his progressions and was comfortable kind of throwing the football downfield. So I would say he's kind of back. Now, the concern, of course, is how beat up could he get again, especially without a guy like Rashawn Slater, you know, at, at the left tackle position. He's not coming back at all. How quickly can they get, you know, Joey Boza back uh, as well? Uh, you know, those are my the two really big concerns, and I do think, you know, outside of that, the, the downside risk with the Chargers kind of heading into the season was if Keenan Allen, who is a guy that has kind of been at least somewhat banged up throughout his career, uh, if he you know isn't able to go for a few weeks or if he's out for an extended period of time because of injury or maybe not 100% himself, what do they kind of have behind him? And I think you know with Josh Palmer hurt as well, it definitely impacts their passing game and their ability to separate because you know Mike Williams is a guy that just isn't separating whatsoever really downfield can make contested catches but uh that's not really necessarily something you want to rely on every single week uh to kind of be the generator of your offense and then outside of that it's you know Austin Eckler who's not necessarily over the hill but uh it is definitely on probably the wrong side of the age curve from a running back perspective uh, and he's kind of their only other option underneath the scheme and isn't there so I think getting the wide receiver unit back and healthy uh and working in the right direction uh, you know, especially with a guy like Gerald Everett, who is on the injury report once again. Like, if, if they could kind of figure their injury situation out, they are deep enough, I would say, to, you know, get back on track and definitely challenge for a playoff pitcher. But they've been so beat up, uh, you know, throughout this entire season that I don't think we've seen anywhere close to how good they can actually be. Uh, and I think, you know, kind of putting that all together, um, you know, and, and actually showcasing their ability offensively when they are all healthy uh, is something that we really need to see in order to kind of buy into the long-term, I would say. Well, he is Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus. Ben, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. So there is Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus. And now you've got a shot to win some money thanks to Dollar Loan Center. All you're going to have to do is pick the winner of the three NFL games that we give you. If you do that, you can take home $500 because nobody has won it yet. If you can't, then that will roll over and somebody will have a week at, or shot at $600 next week. We'll take caller number three right now at 702-364-1100. That's a shot at 500 bucks. Be caller number three at 702-364-1100. Listen, coaches are creatures of habit even more than players. Anytime there's a minute adjustment to the schedule, it throws them all out of whack. <laughs> so I wouldn't read too much into that. Listen, we're all excited. I think the reason I said I want to go over early it's just to experience a little bit of that culture, you know, to be able to get out and see some sights and interact with fans and shoot, go to a pub and have a Guinness or, or whatever the local brew is. And, uh, that's what we all want to do, you know, those of us that want to go over early. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. It is Friday football 
Frenzy, sponsored by Dollar Loan Center, offering signature loans up to $5,000. Stop by one of their 34 locations in Las Vegas and Henderson. We got 500 bucks on the line because nobody has been able to pick three winners so far this season. And we have Steven on the line. Steven, if you get all three of these games correct, you will win 500 bucks. If not, that'll all roll over into next week and somebody will have a shot at 600. So, Steven, your first game is Bears at Vikings. You know, I think I'm going to go chalk all three games. So just take the Vikings right off the bat. All right. Your second game is Dolphins at Jets. Uh, let's do the Dolphins. I like their receivers. All right. And then the last game, Titans at Commanders. The Titans. Take them. All right. Vikings, Dolphins, Titans. Those three teams win, Stephen. You will take home 500 bucks thanks to Dollar Loan Center. If not, that'll roll over to next week. Good luck, Stephen. Good luck, buddy. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. So there is Steven. And again, uh, Friday Football Frenzy, sponsored by Dollar Loan Center, offering signature loans up to $5,000. Stop by one of their 34 locations in Las Vegas and Henderson. Are we going to give away 500 bucks, Ed? I think Steven might be on to something. Okay. I, think I, I gave, feel like I think you say that every week. You're the one who gave week. the games. Yeah. Well, we've said that four straight weeks <laughs> that someone's on to something. And uh, it hasn't yet yet. I think Steven. I think Steven's got the uh, good mojo going. Bears at Vikings is his easy one. Um, Dolphins at Jets yeah. and Titans uh, Commanders are not extremely Dolphins easy. Dolphins Jets might not be extremely easy given the situation. Given two is not yeah, there, uh, not and then Titans Commanders is the who Commanders knows. are bad. Yeah, they're bad. So there you go. Vikings Dolphins Titans uh, tonight. College football. UNLV plays Whoa, San Jose State. Seven thirty. It's on CBS Sports Network. You can also listen to it right here on ESPN Las Vegas. San Jose State's favored by five and a yeah. half points. Lost to Auburn by eight, kind of cruised through their other games. Uh, I thought the the line went up because it opened at like four, so the money went to San Jose. But we'll see. They had to come back and beat UNLV last year, 27-20. They had to rally to beat them. So, I don't know. I like, uh, I like UNLV's chances to keep within the number and maybe win the game. Uh, I am fascinated to see who plays better at quarterback after this game because you have probably two of the top three in the conference, and I think this might be a little bit disrespectful to what Auburn's running out there, but Doug Brumfield might be the best quarterback San Jose State has faced this year, and Siobhan Cordero, San Jose State's quarterback, is probably the best is quarterback, the best quarterback that, that UNLV yeah. will have faced. So, like, take, for example, San Jose State's uh, pass defense has been phenomenal this year. They're second in the conference in completion percentage allowed. They're uh, second in quarterback rating allowed. They're third in completion percentage. Or, excuse me, yards per Second attempt. most sacks also. They've uh, allowed, it's my bad, they've allowed the second most sacks. Yeah, so you're looking at this, uh, this pass defense has been very good. And the interesting part is they – don't actually get a lot of pressure in sacks. They only have six sacks in four games, so they're not exactly putting the quarterback on the ground that much. But uh, Auburn, Western Michigan, and Wyoming, three of their four games, they've held under 200 yards passing. Western Michigan and Wyoming both completed eight passes. That's like a San Diego State right, number. against this defense. So I'm curious to see, does Doug Brumfield continue to, you know, dom- I mean, he's been pretty dominant. Right. Or does this look a lot more like the Cal game? That's really the only game that Brumfield has struggled in was against Cal. And I'm, I'm fascinated to see how good he plays in this game because if he plays well in this one, even if they lose, if Brumfield plays well in this one, then it stands to reason he's going to play well in pretty much every game the rest of the year. Maybe Notre Dame. Maybe Notre him, Dame not. But he's going to play well yeah. against every other Mountain West team if he can play really well yeah. in this one. And then on the other side, 
UNLV's pass defense of all their, you know, all the categories, offense of uh, the passing game on offense, the rushing game on offense, the rushing game pass on defense. Pass defense is the worst. Pass defense is the worst. Uh, they have gotten a lot of sacks and they have gotten a lot of interceptions, but they've gotten burnt quite a bit. Right. Siobhan Cordero's top three in pretty much all the passing categories in the Mountain West. He actually has not thrown an interception yet this year. I'm curious to see how he does and how the UNLV pass defense holds up. Now, San Jose State gives up quite a few sacks, so UNLV might be able to negate any big plays with some sacks. But I think this is sort of an interesting part where the West Division champion might simply be based on which quarterback plays better in this game. Big game for Marcus Arroyo. He's going home. Played there. Was a quarterback. Said this week, though, he can't think about those things. Can't think about. Does it matter things. if he thinks about him? Like as long as the players he's got don't a, think he's about got a, him. He's got a he's got a bet with uh, the San Jose State coach uh, Brent for a uh, burrito at a local uh, taco shop. That's their bet. Marcus said he's going to put everything hot on it. Got the orange sauce. He said going to make it really hot. He's assuming he's assuming he's going to win. He might be buying that burrito. A burrito. Look yeah. at that. When does when do they go? Right after the game. That's what I was going to say. When is it's got to be in the off season, yeah. right? He can't can't go right after the game depending on who wins they got a they got a bye week he can get on a plane and fly over yes. to san jose say give me my burrito they already had their bye week <laughs> so well it's a friday game so you could hang out the next day i guess day, you right? could yeah. watch watch football together have some food yeah stick around break down the rest of the mountain west together that would actually would that be beneficial that would probably be beneficial right if, he, if, if Arroyo stayed, if two head coaches, football? yeah, yeah. Just, if they like broke Especially down, after they already played yeah. each other, yeah, you break down the rest of the conference. That might actually be beneficial. Go this is a big game, though. This it, is a huge game. I mean, this is their first real. Oh, obviously, it's their first real test uh, within the conference, and with Air Force on deck next week. It's a huge, it's, huge next two weeks. It's still early in the season, obviously, and there's nothing to be like clinched this early in the season. But that but West is so bad. These are, and depending on how long Jake Hayner's out, Fresno State's quarterback. These are the best two in the West. These are the best two teams in the West. Again, Fresno State might have something to say about that if Hayner comes back. But these are the best two teams in the West. This is the first time since I've been here, and the first time probably ever in Mountain West history, that UNLV's playing a game where you can reasonably say, if they win, they'll win their division or be in the driver's seat right. to win their division. That that's never happened before. They've ne- they've never the played. A, they, they've never the played a game, West. yeah, no. where it's been like, hey, if they if no. they win a game, they can. They're the favorites. They're gonna. They have a really good shot to play for the Mountain West title. That's fascinating, right? How how far they've come in one season, and that's what this is the biggest game in the Marcus Arroyo era. This is oh, there's no question. This is one of the biggest games in the last twenty years. Like the only thing you can argue that was that's bigger is any games against Nevada, just because it's a rivalry. But I'd say this is probably bigger. Yeah, but than none that. of those were for like right. This, this kind that of that was just always in terms you know of the top of the league. Is your cornerback going to get See, sucker punched? Who gets to yeah by somebody? Is Cassie Soto going to get hit in the head with a bottle? <laughs> Who's going to paint the cannon? Cannon. It was those sidebar right. stories that we worried about, which is important, but. <laughs> it's important that Cassie's okay. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. Whatever. She can get in the head of the bottle. That's fine. I'm not worried about that. So it's a it's a big game, and it's a Friday night game. So UNLV is actually going to probably CBS get Sports, right? some eyeballs. Yeah, because people will be watching this because there's not as much on.